Hello, hello, and welcome to episode three of the Mod Pod. As always, the Mod Pod is the podcast by moderators, for moderators, talking about moderation and what the world of modding is like. What are we up to this week, Kyrie? Well, Sean, this week we're delving into what it's like to work with or without a mod team. Moderating can sometimes be a solo job, but oftentimes moderation is done with a team. So uh, we're going to dig a little bit into what that looks like. We've got some wonderful guests here with us today to share their experience. So why don't you introduce us to our first one? Yeah, absolutely. So Panley is with us today, and Panley is a moderator and community manager for several content creators across Discord and Twitch. She started off her moderation career with the Yodcast, where she remains today. She is also, uh, amusingly enough, the director of this podcast and an avid programmer, mostly focusing on auto-moderation. Welcome, Panley. Thank you. Welcome, Panley. Uh, we've also got with us today Cupid, or Tyler. They're a moderator for Gay Geeks and have been for two years. In addition to moderating that server, they also assist in graphic design and moderate a bunch of smaller Discord servers. So welcome, Cupid. Thank you for having me. Cool. So I think to start off, as as always, I think we want to start with your personal experience moderating. So, you know, what kinds of communities do you moderate? Can you describe them a little bit for us? And what does the structure of the mod teams, or perhaps lack thereof, look like? Cupid, do you want to go first? Sure. I have experience with Twitch, and I've done that for about eight years. Just small. Twitch channels, you know, nothing massive. The biggest ones I would do would be for Discord, and that's with Gay Geeks. I've been a mod for two years with them. And then, you know, smaller, I guess, friend servers that I admin and mod for. And that's really the basic of what I actually mod. And just for, I think, our communities, and if they haven't heard of Gay Geeks, how large is Gay Geeks? Gay Geeks, we have about 15,000 plus members now. And how large is the moderation team at Gay Geeks? We have about 15 active mods currently, and we have our community guides as well. Oh, yeah. So actually, tell us a little bit more about that. What, how do you differentiate between active mods and, and community guides? Okay, so our uh, moderators are, you know, they moderate the chats. Um, you know, they'll deal with conflicts with members, uh, greet people. Um, community guides are as a step below mods, so they get a feel for what the server's like before they actually get promoted to mod. So they welcome people in the server, and they'll do the same stuff, but to a lower degree. They don't get to ban people. Um, they'll leave that to the main moderators. So sort of a way for you to figure out if they're going to be good moderators. Correct. It's it's that little trial. I am kind of curious if I can ask. Uh, so with like the Twitch streamers that you do, or like the smaller Twitch streams, um, what kind of what does the mod team look like for those? It's usually just me. <laughs> um, they're not <laughs> massive, so like they have under a thousand. Uh, followers so it's just me they're like hey i'm streaming so you know i'll go either i'll host with them or i'll go in the channel and i'll just sit there and watch it's just small raids that come in you know ban and then maybe a few homophobic comments because a lot of the communities that i actually mod for are lgbtq plus communities very cool uh panley what does your experience look like what kind of stuff do you moderate okay so i started off my moderation with the yorks cast uh, the first creator that i modded for was in the little wood and Oh boy, that was a very, very big start to moderation. Um, <laughs> I started off with uh, quite a large streamer. So I've been in kind of big teams uh, from the get-go. I haven't really had any small teams until more recently. Um, I'd say the Modcast has a relatively small team. Um, and obviously my personal streaming career has a small team, which is, or was for a very, very long time, just myself. But I sort of had a lot to do with the Orgscast. Um, and I've sort of branched out within the Oxcast. I now sort of do more administrative duties as opposed to moderation duties, um, spearheading moderation teams for various um, members of the Yogscast. Um, 
So the kind of teams that I kind of work with are generally quite large and experienced. And kind of a lot of my duties are getting people up to speed with how we do things, why we do things, and keeping everyone kind of on the same level. Because obviously in a, in a multi-channel network like the, Ox, like the Oxcast, you've got a lot of creators in a lot of different places with very different mod teams. And you've got to kind of get them all to talk to each other, which is a whole process of itself. A team for mod teams, I guess you could say. You said you work with a pretty big mod team. How many people would you say that is? Uh, so directly within in Littlewood, I've got around like 20 to 25 mods that I work with. Um, within the Oxcast as a whole, it's probably around 200, 250 maybe. And this is across Twitch, Discord, and Reddit? Absolutely. So it's across the entire network. So it's across Discord, it's across Twitch, it's across Reddit. It's also across the um, site. So we have like admins for the site that they're also there. Um, everyone just basically conglomerated in one place for discussing these kind of things and staying on top of problems. Let's start small and talk a little bit about moderation, where you are the king or queen or non-binary ruler. Uh, what are the ups and downs of moderating by yourself? It sounds like there's no one to disagree with. Um, you get to rule with an iron fist and generally you don't have communication problems. Does it get lonely moderating by yourself? If there's no one to catch you when you fall, is it rough moderating by yourself? What are your thoughts on that? Panley, you want to go first? Because you talked about moderating your own streams by yourself. Yeah, so as a small streamer, if you can moderate for yourself, it's really not too hard to do for a long time. Um, it's sort of when you start getting, you know, people you don't know or don't recognize in chat, that's when you suddenly need to start thinking about getting a mod. Um, and so for me, the, the process of moderating for myself was kind of pleasant for a long time. Um, by the time I did want to get a mod and start sort of modding people, you know, I'd recognize most of my chat, there'd be people that were coming in that I didn't recognize, there'll be issues popping up that obviously you can't focus on if you're the streamer. And so for me, just having like one or two mods is kind of perfect there. And I think Cupid can probably reflect, reflect that, like being in the mod in that situation. Well, actually, I'm, I'm kind of curious just quickly on that point, and, and I think for you, Tyler, as well, especially I think when, um, because I think bridging that um, gap and understanding maybe when to move over is, is really interesting, right? Because I think to your point, Panley, if you are streaming, you're busy streaming, right? You're busy creating the content that other people are coming here for. Like, what portion of your energy would you say was devoted to, I don't know, playing the game or doing the, the thing, right? Versus actually watching and interacting with with chat and I think in some sense moderating it, right? Because I think most content creators are interacting with chat. That's part of being a successful content creator. But like, when do you know that it's it's too much and that it's time to bring on another mod? See, I think that does go hand in hand with actually interacting with chat because as, as you sort of grow with the streamer um, and as your interactions with the chat change, as you get more people to talk to, moderation is also, you know, goes hand in hand with that. So as your chat gets bigger, moderation gets bigger. And, you know, as you find yourself relying on things like TTS to actually interact with chat or donations to interact with chat, that's when you kind of need to start looking at having moderation, because if you can't keep up with every single message in chat to interact, then you also can't stay up to date with moderation. And that does change depending on who you are and what you kind of stream. If you're streaming a very involved game, like, you know, a first person shooter, you're going to need moderators before somebody who does community based streams. And I think this can also be said for, you know, discords and communities within those. If it's a very community-based 
uh, Discord where you constantly have your eyes on the community. It's a little bit easier to have a smaller mod team, I'd say, than to have something more dissociated from the community, like a brand or something like that. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but with being a small streamer, when you have, let's say, under a thousand people and you're playing a game, it's kind of easy to interact with the community. But some of the games that I actually play are like, I got to focus on the game. So it's hard to pay attention to chat. So let's say I play Dead by Daylight, you know, you got to focus on the game for the entire probably 15 minutes that game's active. So I always had, you know, just a friend, either the, be in the call with me or, you know, just, you know, hey, knock it off. It's kind of hard being a solo streamer when you're playing games that are demanding. But like if you're playing Minecraft, oh, I'm going to pause, deal with chat and then go right back to the game. Being a small streamer, depending on the game you play, it's fine. But I think, you know, once you start growing and then playing a variety of games that require your attention, you would probably need to bring in, you know, more staff to help. And when you've, uh, I, I think, especially with those smaller streams, I think to your point, when you realize, oh, I'm playing, yeah, like an FPS or something like that, right, where you need to pay more attention and you can't actually pay attention to the chat, have has it usually been a case where you you just find a friend and you're just like, hey, would you mind moderating chat for me while I stream? Is is that how that sort of recruitment process goes? Friends are actually usually who I'm playing with. Oh. So um, let's say Dead by Daylight again, because that's one of the biggest games I play. Uh, once they die in the game, they can go and watch the chat for me. So it's not really a big problem. And I'm I'm not the biggest streamer, so very small. So nothing really, you know, out of the ordinary. But again, we have the LGBTQ plus tag. So that always seems to draw in more trolls. Um, so it's always, you know, they're saying homophobic slurs. And so that's the biggest thing we watch out for. But everybody who watches knows, you know, I'm sorry that happens. You know, and I'll get to it when I can. Or, you know, my mod will. Do you have, have either of you ever encountered a situation where, you know, maybe you're, you moderated something that, that the, the streamer or content creator did not, think was moderate worthy um or or maybe vice versa that they thought that something should have been done and you disagreed with them i think it's kind of natural you know once or twice in a mod's career especially when you're working with a streamer something might go amiss and you might pick up on something that perhaps the streamer didn't or you know there might be something that the streamer isn't privy to so say there's a problematic user and this has happened before with me um, a problematic user who's done something in another place under the same alias that has then popped up in their stream and they've been removed and they've then went to the streamer and said what's happened obviously the streamer isn't all clued into this and so this for me i find when these issues crop up it's just a lack of communication as opposed to kind of contention if that makes sense and so once the streamer was actually clued into what was happening 100 percent they were on board um, and I think that's very important, I suppose. Communication gets a little bit harder when you have big teams. Um, I'm not so sure how easy it is with smaller teams, because like I say, I've only really done that um, when I've been the streamer. So I'm sure Cupid can probably say more on that. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe Cupid has some thoughts on that. Okay, so since uh, when I started about eight years ago, it was we only communicated through Skype. That was like, <laughs> like yeah, I have a problem, call me on Skype real fast. Um, the first mistake, you know, I've made was like, I banned a message I shouldn't have probably banned. Chat goes a little fast sometimes. You just, whoops, wrong one. Um, you know, you apologize. You know, make your mistake, apologize, and, you know, the day moves on. But then I had an instance with a friend who was like, why did you delete their message? And it's like, it was toxic. You know, it needed to be deleted. That was my best friend. They can say what they want. That's when, you know, like, oop, <laughs> I'm out. Uh, uh, it's, it's, you can't, I guess, show favoritism, like, in a way like that. That's just wrong to me. 
So that's when I was like, you know, this streamer I can't mod for anymore. And I was the only mod for them. And I was like, you need to find your own people. And we pretty much ended friendships over that. It's just, I don't believe in, you know, when someone should take over like that. Like, hey, everybody follows the same role. I think you made the right decision there personally, if I can kind of give some insight there. I mean, I think that's interesting, right? Because I think that for a lot of, especially smaller streamers, I think it is this like interesting push-pull almost between your friends, I think in a lot of cases, right, are your biggest supporters. They may in fact be your only supporters in, in some cases. And I think there's almost this like, oh yeah, well, of course they're friends. Like we, you know, we interact differently, right? We're a little bit closer. You would say things to them that you don't necessarily say probably to the public. But now, right, the streamer is in this public space where there are other people interacting and all of a sudden, right, they say something, it's not cool and 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 you have this relationship or you know you you have this pre-existing relationship that now has to has this pressure applied to it i i kind of wonder how this translates to discord because we're talking a lot about streams but have either of you moderated servers like discord servers where it's just yourself or just uh yourself and a content creator moderating a server and what does that look like so i can kind of say this from like my personal perspective being the content creator and also being the moderator so i'll start with being the content creator first because i think that's kind of like the best contribution i can make here so my personal server has been going for about three years and it wasn't always based on me being a content creator so for about a year after its inception you know it's just me and a bunch of friends and we would joke around and have fun and really close friendships were formed and it was a very very big niche and so during that first year there were lots of like jokes that were said lots of in jokes and stuff that absolutely wouldn't fly now three years later but back then that was kind of normal and so that's where a precedent was set in this situation where it's my friend, they can say whatever they want. And so when I started becoming a content creator, and once my personal server started becoming a little bit bigger, those those problems kind of arose where I made allowances, I guess I would say, for friends that obviously had been in the server for a long time, that I knew personally, that I knew well, that obviously I shouldn't have made, because it caused a lot of issues in the long run. And... So I think it's kind of good to identify in yourself that you should not make, you, you, should, you shouldn't ignore transgressions just because of the person who made them. And yeah, that, that, that absolutely did kind of cause some problems later on once my server became like a public place. And it did, it kind of like harmed friendships because you do have to take moderation first in a lot of situations over friendships. And I don't regret kind of taking moderation seriously over the friendships that I had because in reality, the toxicity that was there would still be there today if I didn't take moderation seriously. And if I didn't take moderation seriously, also I wouldn't be here today. So I think it's very, very important to take moderation seriously as early as possible so you don't get these things cropping up as well. As soon as you start making allowances, that's when you need to stop and evaluate what you're doing and think, okay, I need to take this seriously. I'm in a public space. I'm maintaining a public space. I can't have private jokes or private situations in a public space. You become accountable. As soon as you're accountable for something, you need to really take it seriously. And so it is really important there to kind of listen to what your moderators are telling you, listen to what your community is telling you, and not give people more kind of allowance than they should have. I think part of that actually really ties into um, setting the standard for the community that you want, right? And I think that, you know, to your point, Panley, it is... I, I actually think that like part of it is accountability, but part of it is really just like setting the tone for what you want to see in your community. And I think it's, you know, if you want a community that maybe is a little bit more, 
I, I won't even say toxic here, but I think if you want a community that's a little bit more edgy, right, that is, I think, a choice that you can make, but you sort of have to, I think, think through what that actually means, how it'll look to other people, and, you know, what the overall state of the community is, and, and indeed, I think, what the burden of moderation that, that results in, versus if you want a community that is perhaps a little bit more friendly and wholesome, right? Absolutely, I agree with you there. I've kind of seen both of those parallels and how they interact, and you can have an edgy community, and you can have a wholesome community, and it's just two different kind of demographics, I guess. Yeah, keep it. I was just gonna ask you, uh, what's your experience with smaller Discord servers? Okay, so this uh, friends. So friends usually, when they create a server, they have a, a vision for it. So when they bring you on board, it's like, hey, I'm doing this, and then they promote you to admin or mod. But then they invite all their friends, and they want you to bring your friends over. Um, <laughs> it's it's gonna run into a headache. But like, so if say they keep breaking the rules, like one person will keep breaking the rules, and you're like, hey, you gotta stop that. We have rules for a reason. But they're like, he's my friend, I can get away with it. No. <laughs> No, no, no. Again, because <laughs> this happens in Discord a lot with smaller servers where it's their friends, and that's what I've noticed. It's like, oh, they have. I'm their friend too, but I'm also their staff member. Um, they chose me for a reason. I have to protect his community and how he wants it. So I can't, you know, I just let you walk all over the place. You might get mad at me, but then you know, talk to your admin and be like, you know, this has got to stop. You need to talk to your friend because if you know him as well as you know he's saying you know, then they could work on it that way. But if not, then why am I your staff if they won't listen to me when you chose me to be in that position? I kind of wonder, like, how do you approach these situations, like, where you're seeing that there's some bias? Like, um, how do you address that? Well, I'm kind of bossy. Yeah, direct. It's If I see something small, I instantly go and be like, hey, this has got to stop because it's going to snowball. One little thing could add to where, like, well, I'm really not close to, and then the others will be like, well, we're not listening to you either. What's the point in you when they're getting away with it? And snowballing is, you know, never good. Just, you know, nip it in the bud right then and there, and usually you won't have a problem. They'll be like, ah, whatever, and they'll move along. And then they probably won't do it again. They know they got their warning, um, and then, you know, things like that. I think that almost goes back to sort of like a, a fundamental, like, moderation tenet right which is that if if the community knows that the moderators are there and that the moderators care there's there's just a very different set of behaviors right because the community is like oh like you know this space is it's almost like right like this garden is maintained you you can't just like I don't know, pee wherever you want, right? I, I think that's <laughs> maybe maybe not the metaphor. You can't you can't weed wherever you want, whatever. Uh, but but I think that that's part of it. That having you know having you intercede, right? Having you walk in and intervene and say, hey, you can't do that when it's small, sort of sets that boundary and sets that precedent, I think. Whereas if you don't do that, I think you're exactly right that what ends up happening is that people are like, oh, the moderators don't care, or maybe they can't enforce, or they're not willing to enforce, and things just get worse and worse and worse as people push those boundaries. I think on the, actually that, that kind of like defines how moderation is seen as well. Um, so if you've got a really good moderation team that's working together and keeping things civil, then the community is probably going to see moderation as a good thing. But if your team isn't, you know, staying on top of things, if things aren't, you know, quite working as well as they could be. So within a team, if it's a small team, it could just be the creator and one moderator or two moderators. If they're not all on the same page, moderation itself isn't going to be seen as a necessarily good thing in how it comes across. And... 
kind of those 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 things alter community perception, which is huge, in my opinion. Which I actually think is an amazing segue uh, into the next topic. So, right, we've been talking a lot about solo moderation or maybe moderating with one other person or maybe even a few other people. Uh, I think that there is certainly a difference between that uh, situation and, you know, the, the ease of communication, I think, in a lot of cases when you literally either consult yourself or you consult at most one other person and the larger sort of moderation teams, right? Moderation teams of more than five people, of more than 10 people, of more than maybe 20 or 30 people as some of the largest server has. Um, you know, most moderators and most people will probably never find themselves in team like this, but uh, it would be great to, I think, hear your experiences with them, you know, among other things. You know, was there a moment when you were like, holy cow, like this is a huge mod team? Um, do you do you have that same sense of community that you do with smaller mod teams? And how I think how, you know, Panley, actually, to your point, how do you make sure that you are aligned on communication, on principles, on policies? So I've got quite a lot to say here. So I think I'll let Cupid go first. <laughs> <laughs> so I've actually never experienced anything more than I think 50 mods. GigGeeks is the biggest server that I've mod for and very much community-based. We, we're all pretty much connected in some way, shape, or form. Um, but I've seen bigger servers to where you have, let's say, I think more than 20 mods and somebody does something wrong. They all flock together and be like, you can't do that. So you're warned more than seven <laughs> or eight times. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I really messed up. But it's like, you're almost attacked. I think when you have a lot of people, you know, coming at you, then just that one personal, you know, like you only have 15 mods. You're like, hey, I got this, you know, you know, please don't do that again. But in bigger um, teams, I think that is the case. And then also mods step on each other's toes. It's like, I'm going to deal with introductions. We're like, well, I was dealing with introductions or something like that. And it just creates arguments. And I guess it would be depending on how big your server is to have that many mods. Like, I don't think a server of 100 people should have 20 mods. That That's... And then, because uh, I think Gay Geeks, we have 15,000 plus members. 15 mods seemed perfect. Because we're not all online at the same time. We have, you know, West Coast, East Coast, the UK. So it's, we're never always all online at the same time but i've seen where you've had 20 mods online and it's daunting to see that many mods on the side of the the screen it's like whoa no <laughs> so actually i'm kind of curious even with 15 mods I, I think 50 mods is is bigger than than most servers have um and i'm like surely you still come up with some of those issues where you know three mods are all reading chat at the same time and then someone does something bad how do you sort of how do you figure out like who who takes responsibility or who gets to communicate to that person and tell them that they've done a bad thing well if like say we had you know we each go to them and chat we'll go to our you know the staff discussion and be like that was mine or we'll do a funny emoji and then we'll let you know you know let them take over it's it we're a team 100 percent a team over there we're you know if you want to do it, you know, hey, that's fine. Or like, hey, could I do that? You ask, like, hey, do you mind if I take over? And, you know, they'll be willing to let you take over. It's just asking, you know, if you can do it. Or just like seeing, is there, is there already another mod typing? Like, should I be responding to this person? Like, I've noticed people do that too. Like seeing two mods start typing at the same time and they both stop. And they're like, which one of them yeah. is going to do it? <laughs> yeah, I've seen that in introductions. Yeah. It's like, oh, my message was almost done, but see you writing, I'll stop. Yeah. And then they message like, all right, which one of us is going to do this? But yeah, I think it's, yeah, like you said, it's important to just like, you know, ask, make sure you have that communication 100%. 
And I think communication is absolutely integral to a mod team, whether you're tiny or huge. It gets a little bit, a little bit more difficult as you get to kind of the bigger numbers. Um, but I think you're right. Fifteen is kind of large. Um, but at the same time, to cover time zones and if you are a server that's potentially like at risk of raids or you know negative kind of attention, I guess you could say, you're probably going to need a bigger mod team to have more awareness on you know every channel at all times, if that makes sense. Whereas if you're just like a, yeah, if you're a bigger community, but you know, you do something that's pretty kind of normal, I guess you could say, um, <laughs> you're gonna get less attention. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think some of the, I mean, without a doubt, I will say that some of the more, you know, um, minority focused uh, groups, right, are subject to more harm because that is unfortunately, I think, the nature of the internet and the nature of people. Whereas if you're running a sort of a, a not perhaps as interesting, right, server um, that isn't particularly focused on anything, like if you're just running sort of a casual chatting server, I actually, I think I've seen some casual chatting servers that are, you know, some 50, 60, 70,000 people that really at the end of the day have maybe 10 mods, if that, and it's because it just tends to be quiet, it tends to be very chill, and no one's looking to sort of target that server, right? I will say, I think some of the craziest moderation I've seen, which is just, it, they had like server gating before server gating was like a big thing in bots. Um, it was for a flat earth discord, which obviously was <laughs> constantly getting targeted. So they had some of the most robust moderation I think I've ever seen on discord. It was amazing. Um, like what did they do? It's, it's crazy. So you would go into a VZ to verify that you are actually a person and you're not going to cause a problem. Um, and so they actually had mods sitting in all of these VCs, like vetting new users as they were coming in. And so you'd, be, you'd also be given access to different channels based on what you said in those VCs, like what your beliefs were. If you believed in a flat earth or not, you'd get different roles and that gave you access to different channels. And it was, yeah, I mean, it's, it's what a bot can do now, but with like a lot of kind of personal attention from moderators. And obviously for that, they had to have a huge, huge mod team. And it was just kind of crazy to see that kind of thing. You know, that's that's some. I think that's some of the most robust moderation I've seen, maybe ever on Discord. I will also just to jump in there. I mean, I think there's this interesting. Um, it, it's kind of interesting because I think that uh, if you if you spend time early on in the sequence, right? If you spend time on onboarding, potentially that actually decreases your sort of ongoing needs for moderation, right? I think if you think of sort of user acquisition as a funnel, the more time you spend vetting people at the top and making sure that they're not trolls or terrible people or, or whatever the case may be, right? I actually think that the less time you need to pay attention to them perhaps later on. Obviously, everyone has bad days. Everyone has, you know, problems and stuff like that, right? It doesn't solve it completely. But I, I, certainly, I think on Discord side, we've seen a correlation that the sort of more stringent the, the onboarding um, is and the the more effort that is taken there, the less sort of downstream moderation you have to do. Exactly, I can definitely I can definitely agree with that. You know, you filter your coffee before you drink it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it taste nicer. Very true. But it's also possible to filter it too much, and then you're just drinking water. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think that's a great analogy. There you go, the coffee filter analogy. Perfect. 
<laughs> um, Panley, do you want to tell us a little bit more maybe of, of Yogg's cast moderation or sort of moderation in general? Like, I, I think uh, particularly I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, do you feel that at some point in time if the moderation is big enough? So I think Cupid told us that certainly on Gay Geeks, it still feels very you know, it's very close. It's a family, it's a community, right? With a hundred moderators across Yogcast, or maybe even more than that, right? Surely it starts to feel maybe a little bit less like a family. It is less kind of personal. Um, it's more kind of, I guess it's got more of like a workplace kind of tone, I would say. Um, so we kind of organize everything in sort of like one central place. And that place is kind of where you go when you need help with X, Y, or Z thing. Um, as opposed to like a community. Um, so all of these mods run their individual communities, they'll have their own individual issues, but when they see something that's particularly bad, they're gonna say something in this one central place. Or if they need help with something, they're gonna say it in this one central place. Um, one thing that I've noticed a lot is when people see something that's like going against Discord TOS or something, they'll bring it up there, and that's something that I'm sort of very active on. And it's sort of like one of the bigger things that I do there is like look out for things that are sort of more concerning than your average kind of spammer or troller. It's something that's like an actual physical concern to somebody or, you know, something like hacking, mod tools, stuff like that. You know, doxing I've seen a couple times. It's the kind of more serious stuff, I guess, gets talked about there. And also organization um, for policies, I think, is something that wanted to be talked about. Um, we kind of stay on the same page of what's unequivocally bad and that also is in line with discord tos where it's like if it's against tos it's bad and there are kind of lines we'll cross where you say like you know saying something particularly bad to a creator or being a little bit creepy to a creator because obviously with a streamer community you get that kind of quite a lot you get people who are maybe a little bit too close to the stream without watching or a lot too close a lot yeah absolutely um, and so you do get people like that and there are, you know, it is absolutely worth kind of bringing them up in case there are a problem in other communities. And the Yuxcast is kind of close-knit, so there is like a lot of overlap in like the bigger issues as opposed to the smaller ones. Sort of keeping lock, like entire individual mod teams in kind of communication in one larger kind of context is... I guess the most important thing is to kind of get everyone on board with the idea, which is very easy to do because moderators love moderating, right? They like talking to each other, they like solving issues. And so if you get them all in this one place and say, help each other, they're probably gonna help each other. And they do in practice. Um, and so I think I got very, very lucky with the Oxcast as well because the moderators of the Oxcast are great people and I absolutely love working with them. And they're all very, very dedicated to what they do. Um, if it was another network that perhaps didn't take moderation as seriously, it might not be easier to run. Um, but honestly, the people I work with are great and the individual creators as well are great. So the more teams are also great. I don't think I can say great enough in this. <laughs> that sounds great. great. Sounds great. It's, it's all communication when you get to like the, the, the large scale um, and just keeping everyone you know, on each other's watch lists and just making sure mm -hmm. everybody is on the same page about everything. Um, and sometimes bringing up more serious stuff and getting that tackled as and when. Yeah, so I'm curious because you say that generally you get along with the people that you work with um, or moderate with. Um, but when you work with such a big team, sometimes you will run into conflicts, right? And so what happens when you disagree with other moderators, uh, like what calls they make and uh, how does resolving conflict work, especially with bigger teams? Uh, so when it comes to like the Yorks cast as a whole, um, every mod team is you know, that that modding for their own individual creator 
it's up to the individual mod teams to decide what they do within that kind of scenario. Um, the only real time that I can kind of address contention or address a disagreement is if it's on something that isn't to do with any specific mod team or if it's to do with my mod team. And there very rarely is kind of issues like that. There is occasionally like interpersonal conflicts, um, but you know, everyone has different opinions. That's just something that happens. Um, and that's just a fact of life. You know, different mods all see things in different ways. And it's just important to make sure that all mods are aware of that. And for the most part, for the most point they are. And there is very, very few conflicts. When there are conflicts, like I said, they are mostly interpersonal, um, as opposed to sort of related to actual issues. And again, that's just, you know, staying on top of it. Mods are generally civil to each other, so it's not really a huge problem. Wait, wait, generally civil to each other. Tell us more. When are they uncivil to each other? Humans are humans, Helen. Um, if you tell one person something they're very passionate about should be done one way, and they think it should be done another, that's going to be a point of contention. And I think what I'll say here is just because your perspective isn't wrong doesn't mean the other person's isn't wrong either or the other person's is wrong i i think that there are a lot of debates that you know one person would say i'm right they're wrong perhaps you're both right you know and so it's kind of important to make sure that in these conflicts people see the other side and that's not exclusive to moderation you know it's a thing in the wider world um, in moderation, in moderation teams, it's important, you know, obviously in individual teams for individual creators, it's a thing that can happen. Um, I think it's something that's probably happened in every moderation team at some point. There's been a disagreement on how something is handled. Um, and so 100%, it's just about making sure all the perspectives are heard and that it's constructive because disagreements can be very constructive. I wonder what it's like. So you're kind of speaking as if it's someone else within your mod team that's having a disagreement but if you are the person having a disagreement with another person uh do you generally try to solve it with the other person or do you escalate it for a third party uh how do you resolve it um so i've had like kind of both situations if it's if it's constructive to keep talking and keep discussing this issue i'm gonna keep talking about it and i'm gonna try and you know reach an agreement or reach a compromise you know make some kind of amends if it's at a point where having a conversation isn't actually constructive anymore, if it's just a disagreement that is not going to lead anywhere and it's just going to cause problems, at that point you do have to kind of look up and say, this is a problem, it needs to get dealt with, I can't deal with it myself. Um, and so it is important to actually have communication like horizontally and vertically, I guess I would say. Tyler, you want to tell us about some of your experiences with, with disagreements and how, how they panned out? Well, see, since we have like um, like 15 mods, it's like if you have an issue with another mod, talk to them. It's, you know, you're a team. You're pretty much family. It's your team. Go to them and talk to them. Um, you pretty much can work it out either in a uh, voice chat or in, you know, DMs. And if you really can't work that problem out, go to your admin. That's what they're there for. Uh, and then, you know, they might have a better insight, you know, to the problem. Um, and if not, you know, then maybe if it's your ideals that you don't agree with, then, you know, maybe you need to step down. Have, have you ever uh, 
maybe what I think we can we can withhold uh, names and servers to protect the innocent or maybe not so innocent. But <laughs> but I'm kind of curious. You know, ha- have there ever been situations where you know in moderator VCs you've you or you know another moderator has just gotten into it and and it's been you know full sort of like knock down like drag out like screaming match. Yes, <laughs> it, it, it does. It, it does happen. Um, that's the problem. I think because it, when you text, there's no tone, but when you when you get in a voice chat, <laughs> things go off. You have tone, actions. It's I don't know. It's just so much worse in a voice chat. But you know, <laughs> if it's a small problem, then you know, hey, you know, I, I don't agree with what you did. Do you mind? You know, let's discuss it in private in a voice call. That's fine. But if you're already kind of heated from mm-hmm what's going on then i would not recommend voice chatting <laughs> don't voice chat that's um, cuz cuz tone does play a big part into i guess conveying a message would you say that it might be beneficial to you know take a step back and then do a voice call later once you've cooled off a bit you could but the thing is with um voice chatting there's almost never proof don't record people <laughs> uh, and then so when you text if it becomes where they are really toxic and they're not getting it, you could actually, you know, take that screenshot and take it to your admin and be like, this is happening. So voice chat, no proof, pretty much, you know, heated feelings, that's it. But in, you know, messaging, I've got this proof and it shows you that it's just not going to change. It, it is really interesting just that I think that there are like the lack of tone in text is sometimes helpful and sometimes harmful, right? That I think sometimes you're just like, oh, like, like, was that supposed to be taken in a mean way? Maybe it wasn't mean. Maybe you give them the benefit of the doubt or maybe, you know, the other way around. But I think you're right, right? Like sometimes you are, you are full on disagreeing with someone. You disagree with the choice that they made. You disagree with the, you know, the, the uh, rationale that they have for making that decision. And then you get into voice chat and it just like, it goes from zero to 60 real quickly. Right. You should always have a mod or not a mod, an admin. If you're going to voice chat, probably bring your admin in that. Because they should always know if there's a problem in their server. It's just a nice to have a heads up. Yeah, and like texting also just gives you a chance to like look at what you're writing before you send it. Whereas <laughs> like in voice, like you you said it, it's gone. It's out no, of but your mouth. Sometimes you just ear. have to respond. Right. Well, no, you don't. You don't. You can take a second and, you know, formulate your but response. But what if you just have to tell them how wrong they are? Well, you should you should take a second and think about it. <laughs> yes, definitely, absolutely, without a doubt, yes. The last thing I think that we want to touch on um, is the process of finding uh, moderators. And I think, unfortunately, and maybe a little bit in reference to what we were talking about before, removing moderators. Um, we actually talked a, lot, a bit about this in the first episode of the mod pod, but I think we want to dive in a little bit more here. Um, and so I think, you know, probably to start out, what are your experiences actually with finding moderators? And I think also in integrating them into the team, especially I think for, you know, with a 15 person team like Geeks, right? Like, what does it look like to have that 16th person join on? Or if someone has to step down with replacing them, what does that do to the dynamic? And how do you know that they're a good fit? With Geeks, we have an open application process. So, you know, file your application and it will just sit there until, you know, we're either ready to, you know, hire more members or, you know, if, you know, get fired, <laughs> uh, bring on one to replace. Um, so when you have an open app application process, um, you see who's actually interested in joining your team. 
Uh, and then, you know, once they apply, uh, they'll fill out the questionnaire. But then you can go through their chats and see how they interact with the members, you know, if they're toxic anyway, and see if they were actually would be a really good fit for your community. Do you, when when you're looking through their chat, do, do you ever come across circumstances where you're just like, wow, this is an amazing application. And then you look at their chats and you're like, wow, you are the most terrible person ever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay, because when you do an application, you're pretty much going to give your good side. You're like, hey, I'm I'm the perfect person for this. This is going to be the best. But when you're looking in the chat, you're like, oh, whoa, <laughs> definitely not right for the team. And then, you know, you don't have to hire them. They will question, like, you know, why, you know, why didn't you pick me? Just like you weren't the best candidate for the position, and you know that should be fine with them. Is it, uh, is it ever not fine with them? And and people that aren't hired uh, also storm off in a rage, and you know, probably in some sense, maybe even get kicked or banned from the server because they really just couldn't handle the fact that they weren't going to be selected as staff? Um, never really have had the issue with geeks, but in smaller servers, it's like, hey, I'm your friend too. I didn't get to that position. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really, I smaller servers, I guess that's what I've witnessed. It's, you didn't pick me as your mod and I'm your best friend too. And that's when feelings are hurt. And it's just like, well, I mean, you weren't the best candidate. It's, it, it is what it is. And I'm sorry. And you just apologize. And if they feel like they need to leave, then they can leave. It, it, it's not the greatest scenario but it is what it is are are there ever circumstances like that where they i don't know uh, come back six months later and they're like hey so i was dumb six months ago really sorry you shouldn't have taken it personally i totally understand or is it pretty much like you burn that bridge because they just can't handle it no i mean time heals all wounds almost so you know it's like even trolls (laughs) <laughs> I me- I messed up. I am really sorry. They'll come back and say, you know, I apologize for what I've done. And, you know, second chances should be given, but I wouldn't be like, well, I'm not going to promote you to mod just because you're going to say you're sorry. You've not proven really anything to me yet. So, you know, you know, join the community again and, you know, just have fun. Be yourself. And then when I think the time is right, if I think you're the right fit, then you've probably picked. Are there are there people actually who have sort of gotten that second chance or second look maybe where the first time around you were like, yeah, you don't make the cut for whatever reason, whether it's their application or their uh, uh, their actions on the server or elsewise. And then, you know, six months down the line, you're like, oh, actually, you've gotten much better. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it, it, it doesn't happen. <laughs> But I think the important thing is that you give them the chance to, right? Right. Like, it could if, happen. It could. Your your behavior has to change. Your behavior might change, but you still not might not be the best fit for it. Okay. that That's kind of hilarious, but also kind of great at the same time. Uh, Penley, on your side, what does mod selection and mod recruitment look like on maybe both Yogscast and for your personal server? Uh, so for my personal server, um, I've got like a actual kind of application slash test. Um, so it's like a 40 question test. And after that is long form questions, you know, why is moderation important? How important is this core TOS? Um, why do you want to moderate? Um, but then the, the, the kind of the questionnaire, I guess it is, is kind of very simple. It's situations that the mod would probably find themselves in. Um, it's four choices. Um, one of them is the best. One of them is okay. And the other two are bad. Um, and you get points based on how you respond to these situations. Um, and so there's two sections, there's normal moderation, and then there's image moderation, um, because, you know, those, I feel, are like two kind of different things. Um, and so it's normal things like somebody spamming, uh, somebody raids, um, somebody says somebody else did a bad thing, um, somebody disagrees with what another moderator did. Um, 
kind of the normal situation you'd expect to see as a moderator. And so gauging the response that these like potential mods would give is really important. Um, and sometimes I do actually find myself going through the responses and I will look at how they would respond to a thing. And I think maybe that isn't so bad. Maybe this shouldn't be a zero, maybe it should be a one. So I don't use it as like a hard kind of, this is the only way to do things. I do kind of like, cause at the end there is like, is there any questions that you feel you should, could have answered differently or should have answered differently, but didn't have the option for. Um, and so people can go back and say, I wanted to answer this in a different way, but it wasn't present. And they just gave the best option they felt was closest. Um, so I think it is kind of important as well to have actual kind of interpersonal, I guess you could say, or some proper insight into those person's decisions and their decision-making process, because forms can only see you so far and formal applications can only see you so far. Um, and so there, and I also do trial periods for all of my mods for my personal server. Um, trial period is usually a month. And we just see like sort of how they respond to things in real time, how they talk to them, the moderators, um, if they crack under pressure, which normally isn't a thing, but you know. Um, and so yeah, so there's, there's like a very formal sort of introduction and then things get less formal. And then if you kind of hold up, if you, if you bite where you bark, then you're welcome, basically. Well, yeah, let's let's dive a little bit more into that uh, on the sometimes people crack under pressure comment, which is right. Like, I, I think you're absolutely right that, you know, a, a form or an application can only do so much. And there's a difference between, well, how would you hypothetically deal with this situation and, you know, actually being under, you know, maybe some sort of racist, misogynistic, like terrible hate speech raid, right? Like, what are the actions that you take and, and how do you deal with that? How do you, I guess, aside from a trial period where you might see or might not see some of that, I guess in your experience, are, are there a lot of moderators, some moderators, few moderators that sort of, I think, can answer the questions academically correctly, but but really wilt under the line of fire? Um, I think almost everyone is going to act differently under pressure as they do when they're level-headed and there's no external effects. Um, staying calm under pressure is a skill. It's not something that people are born with in a lot of cases. You know, people have fight or flight and neither of those are good responses when you're a moderator. Um, so you have to kind of teach yourself to kind of overcome those things. And so what I actually do in trials is I have um, other existing moderators come in on this. This, 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 this may seem a little bit mean, I have other moderators come in on other accounts and do raids <laughs> or do, you know, rule breaking things to see the response of the trial moderators. Um, and I think setting up those situations is important because it lets you see their responses real time. And to me, that's the only real way to see how they would actually deal with things under pressure. Um, because most actual big issues don't happen very often. Sometimes you have to make them happen yourself to see people's responses. Um, but there is, all, like in almost every moderator I've seen, there is a difference between how they act under pressure and how they act when everything's calm. And that's just human. Um, and it's just a fact of, you know, getting them used to those situations or having them face the situations a couple of times, they have, you know, rigged in their head what to do. Or replacing them with robots that can moderate. No. I mean, ro <laughs> ro robots can do moderation, but robots don't know how to moderate, if that makes sense. 
people sure, still sure, have sure. to code the robots and people are just as infallible as robots. Yeah, the, the, the red team exercises as they refer to in the security space are, are really interesting and I think helpful to, I, I think to your point, to see what, you know, it, it's a live fire test, right? Uh, Tyler, do, do, does that, is that a thing that you have considered doing on, on Gay Geeks of, of having people come in and, you know, intentionally try and provoke moderator reactions? Um, that's, that would be up to the admin. That's mods don't get to really do that. Um, alts aren't allowed in our server. Uh, we try to follow, you know, with, <laughs> with what our rules are. So we don't bring alts in. Uh, we have enough <laughs> trolls coming in <laughs> our, our door because we are, we are an LGBT plus, you know, community. Like it's, we get the trolls. Um, we get voice chat trolls, we get trolls and they, sometimes, you know, they're clever. They're like, Oh, they got right through our gate. Um, they might be sleeping for a day or two and then bam. Right. It, it turns out you actually don't need to do any of those because on a daily basis, you get tested plenty. Right. And I think that's because maybe we are a, I guess, a, a gay server. And so we are targeted. We are targeted almost every day with, you know, either homophobic people, you know, racist, like racist is like a biggest thing. It's like, what, where are you people? Like, why? <laughs> um, so we, I don't think we really need to test them because they are being tested daily. So in introductions, they're like, oh, that's a raid. I can tell, you know, same profile picture, same nasty message, you know, deal with it. But then you have people who come in and, you know, are like a hidden troll and they're, they're pretty quick at catching things like really, really on it. And it's also, it's not just the mods who catch it. It's sometimes it's actually brought to the attention to the mods by a member. They're like, Hey, that's not, and then they'll ping us. So it's, our community is very close. You know, we're, we're there to protect them and they actually protect us as well. I think that's really powerful, actually. Like, having proactive members is just, it makes moderation so much easier. And it's also, like, it shows that, you know, the moderators care about the community and the community cares about the moderators. And so that's really powerful. And I think it's amazing that you've got a server that has that closeness. I think you must be doing a very awesome job with your team over there. I agree. It's that trust, I think, right, that, that matters at the end of the day so much that, and I think in some cases, right, it's the difference between someone seeing something bad and, and not reporting it, right, and someone seeing something bad and being like, this is not what I want this community to be, I want it to be better, and I'm going to call for help to make sure, right, that the moderators that I trust are, are going to take care of it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, I think on the other side of things, perhaps on a on a slightly uh, you know more of a downer note, um, and actually ties into some of our questions from um, Iman and Maze. Uh, you know, there are situations when things don't work out with moderators, and maybe part of that comes from you know inactive mods, right, who may have been great at some point in time, and then they just sort of. You know, that activity just goes downhill, it goes to zero, and you're sort of like, oh, not great. Um, or I think on the other side, and this came from Maze, like, if it's just not a good fit for whatever reason, maybe they're like perfectly okay moderators, but you just don't jive with them. What's the process of removing moderators? How have you seen it done successfully? Maybe how have you seen it done less successfully as well? Um, I think the first thing you need to do is be very upfront with them. You know, you'll notice that their productivity is declining. You're like, oh, and check on them. Like, hey, is everything okay? I've noticed, you know, you're not doing this as much. And like, they'll tell you they have a problem. And then, you know, you can let it slide a little bit. Um, and then if that's not the case, like, well, I just don't really like doing this. Then it's like, why are you our staff? Like, <laughs> you were brought on to do a job. Like, you you signed up for this, so you need to do it. And if you don't like doing it, then 
don't become a mod just for the role or the what you th the power you think it has because I don't believe mods have power. We are the community amplified. You, you come to us if you have a problem and we'll fix it. I think on that as well, sometimes mods just kind of ebb off because they can't keep up commitments. Um, and so I've, I found before that, you know, they could be a great mod, but they just can't dedicate anymore. So I've had mods that have, you know, gone to college or gone to university and they just can't keep up commitments anymore. Um, and so what I find doing with them is I sell them, you know, here's the door, but the door is open and you can walk back through it when you have more time. Um, and remind them that they're there for the community and the community isn't going to go away, even if they have to go away and they can come back. Yeah, that's a, a sort of on an interesting, maybe personal anecdote that uh, exactly happened to me. I used to mod a very, very large subreddit um, uh, that had, I think at the time that I was on it, quite a few million members. Um, and I had actually just started a new job and I was definitely falling off. And the, the I think the, the mods at the time were just like, yeah, so, you know, there's a set of minimum actions that you have to meet. And I think I definitely blew past that minimum, like, I don't know, three months in a row or something. And, and they were very nice. They were like, hey, so what's going on here? And I was just like, I, you know, I love this subreddit. I love the people in it. I, you know, work is just a little bit busy. And I, it really did get to a point where it was like, well, you know, it is best for the team, right? Because otherwise it's a little bit weird that we have people who are not upholding their end of the bargain, right? That are not pulling their weight and that feels worse for everyone else. And so, um, yeah, ended up stepping down slash <laughs> being forced to step down. Not clear what the difference was, um, but it was it was very much a sort of inactivity thing. Um, I think in that case, I was like, I totally get it. Uh, and, and that makes sense. Are there cases where uh, you know, are there cases where I think it is less of a inactivity thing and maybe more of a, hey, you, like, they've done nothing wrong per se, but maybe you just, like, don't quite feel like they are, maybe you, you've gotten some, like, not official complaints from anyone, but a little bit of, like, this guy's kind of, kind of weird, like, maybe this person shouldn't be a moderator, they've said some, like, kind of weird things. How do you deal with a situation like that? I think you want proof, because word of mouth, uh, just as a no-go for me. You've got to have the proof. So when you have the proof, then you go to the admin and be like, this is what's happening with this mod. So the admin can can review the case and be like, well, you're you're not a good fit for our server. Like, you, You're doing the correct things in certain ways, but then in how you interact with people, it's just not the fit. Um, so I've had this in kind of like in my personal server and other servers as well. Um, so in my personal, I've had like a couple mods um, that on the surface were perfectly fine. Um, but it turns out they're in like another kind of splinter community from my personal one. Um, and there are things that I wasn't privy to that were being said in those communities. And it was kind of like, they weren't particularly bad, but they were kind of very critical of specific members um, within my community. And I just didn't want somebody who was a moderator to be saying those things, you know, behind closed doors even, because, you know, those closed doors were shared with other people in the server and you don't want, you know, somebody who's representative of your community saying or doing those kind of things. Um, and so what goes on behind closed doors, you're not always going to be privy to, but when you see something that you're not certain of, it's important to either confront what's going on or get it dealt with immediately in a way that doesn't kind of have any big backlash, if that makes sense. 
You, you mean you've you've never at everyone the entire server to tell someone why a moderator was being fired publicly and, uh, you know, like a public execution of sorts? I will actually say I have had a situation like that um, personally, which is oh. really a surprise. Uh, somebody who is very, very sort of um, a prominent figure in my community um, caused some issues. Um, and they were like, they were a very, very trusted member. They were a moderator of my stream, but not my um, Discord. And they caused a lot of issues and they had a lot of support in the community so i did have to make a very big public disclaimer of this is what they did this is why it's bad and this is why they're no longer welcome in our community um if you don't like that then you are welcome to leave um and but it had to be addressed um and it's not one of those things where it's like toxicity needs to be addressed you know the whole kind of does this spark joy does this not spark joy it did not spark joy so it had to get it had to get rid of it you know <laughs> right um, and if I didn't do that, then it would never have got addressed. Um, it, it is a shame that you sometimes need to, you know, drag these things out into public, but. Do you think it's different because the community is focused on a personality, that being you? Uh, do you think that that is what made that a different situation where you felt like it needed to be called out publicly because uh, it's such a close-knit, personal kind of community? Do you think that would be different if it were in a larger community or like a different topic? That kind of divides into two. It divides into the size and also into the topic. Um, the size, if it's a really large community, then you don't want to be making public call-outs because that generally looks bad if you don't have a close-knit community. If you don't have like a justifiable reason to call somebody out, you probably shouldn't do it. Um, and that only really normally happens in smaller communities. Um, and then with a topic as well, um, having the actual creator come out and say this person is bad is very different to having a brand come out and say this person is bad or having you know, a uh, game, come out and say this person is bad. They're, they're two very, very different things. Um, and that's in moderation style and also in situations like this where you have to decide what's public and what's private. If it's within a brand, it's best kept behind closed doors. If it's within something close, it can be a little bit more public if it needs to be because mods are generally closer to the community. Um, and so if it is an actual, like, problematic person, then they do kind of need to be made aware of to the community so that this person isn't interacted with further, so there are no further problems from this for, you know, people personally, I guess you could say. Gotcha. Um, so we have another question from WebTax, um, and we kind of talked about this a bit already, but they asked something at the end that I think is interesting. So they asked, uh, what should you do when mods give their friends more legroom than others? I've had a few cases when a mod's friend posts NSFW in a strictly uh, no NSFW server, and they get away with just a warn, and we usually insta-ban for NSFW. Is it bad for a mod to have bias? And I think that last part of the question is most interesting. Is it bad for a mod to have bias? <coughs> Yes. Yes. I think that the clear, the clear, correct answer is yes. But would either of you care to elaborate on why that's the case? <laughs> uh, I, I think every moderator is going to have some inherent bias if they're part of the community, right? Um, it's whether you act on that bias that's the important thing. And I think it's, a lot of it is mindset. If you are there for the community as a whole, or if you're there for individual people, and that mindset is very, very important to moderation. And if you are giving preferential treatment or unpreferential treatment, if there's somebody you don't like and you're targeting them, that's a huge, huge problem. Imagine if you just take this out of like the moderation context, have a better analogy. Imagine if you let police officers do whatever they want without kind of telling them you have to be objective. 
the world would not be a very safe place at all. Police officers would not kind of uphold the law, they would uphold their opinions. And that kind of does cross into moderation quite prevalently. You know, moderators are there to uphold the rules and the community. They're not there to uphold their personal preferences. If you let a moderator get away with that kind of thing, it's never going to change. And it does need to be addressed very, very quickly and very, very strongly, I guess I would say. Yeah, you say that, um, you know, everybody's going to have a bit of bias. And I think that the important part of that is recognizing what your biases are um, just to avoid conflicts of interest. I wonder if you've ever run into that um, and how you address that. Bias is such a bad thing. Having an opinion on a member is one thing, but then bias to a negative effect when, let's say, you have a problem with one member and then you go to a mod like, I don't like this person. This is why. Then that mod or staff member will be like, well, I don't like them either. And then they're going to treat that member differently in the server. And you're going to be able to see that. Then that member is not going to have a good time. And that's just not fair. Like, they might be getting along with another member, but it's just this member they have a problem with. That Bias is not okay. And, well, negative bias is <laughs> not okay in a server. Like, you can be their best friend. That's fine. You know, you're going to get along with more, you know, people. And that's fine. But when... <sighs> I guess when you think negatively of a member and then you spread it around, again, it's that snowball effect. It's going to get bigger and bigger. So I don't think you should put your negativity out in the open. Leave it behind your mind. <laughs> don't let it open. Yeah. So I, I do wonder, though, um, if there were a situation to arise uh, where somebody that you don't like, because, again, it's okay to not like people. Um but if, if a situation were to arise where a person you don't like is doing something wrong, um, how do you handle that? Okay, if, if you have a problem with somebody, get another mod. Yeah. Like, if you have a problem, like, it's not advised. Like, if that person knows you don't really like them either, then that's just going to, you know, like, hey, they're targeting me. But if you get another mod, like, this is actually happening. Give them proof it's happening. Let the other moderator deal with it. That wouldn't be a problem because it's like, well, I don't have bias. So, you know, I can deal with it. No problem. I think that's really good as well for having a moderation team because if there is something that you're closer to, you can step back and have somebody else who isn't close to that thing step in. Um, I think that's why having like a team is really important when you start kind of getting a little bit larger, um, when you start getting from like a small community where it's everybody knows everybody to, I mean, even when everybody does know everybody, there's still biases. And so I think that is like a really integral part of a team is having people who are closer to situations, being able to step back and say, Somebody else step in. I don't feel I can deal with this objectively. Um, so yeah, I think that is a huge, huge boon to having a team. Yeah, I think it really comes down to that idea of of fairness, right? Of of justice in a lot of ways, and that you want that the you want the system to be fair. Like no matter what system you're encountering, no matter what community you're encountering, right? Like I think you will stay in places where you feel that people are being treated fairly and you will leave places where you feel that that is not the case. And I, I think that's the big difference between sort of small friend servers, right? Where you're like, look, like, you know, you where you all know each other and where you have a certain sort of standard of behavior, but it's because it's a small, close group. I think the moment that you say, look, this is a public community where anyone should be able to join, then I think the even the the sort of appearance of of unfairness, right, of bias, of improper judgment starts doing real harm to the server. Yeah, absolutely. 
I can 100% agree with that. I think the last questions that we have, uh, as right before we wrap up, um, from Binge Lord, <laughs> um, what is the best way to approach people that you just don't really like, um, where they are not bad moderators, but you don't really vibe with them and you or the other server admins or owners want to build better team cohesion. So I think instead of, I think Maze's question is a little bit more, how would you get rid of him? Uh, how would you get rid of them? I think this question is a little bit more of like, Hey, so, you know, you have this mod, they, they're not, maybe they just like, don't quite, you know, join in the social events or they, they, whatever they're fine. How do you, how do you integrate them better? Um, I suppose this is kind of an interesting question because everything is kind of subjective when it comes to interpersonal kind of things, right? Within a mod team, within a community at large. Um, and so a mod team needs to be a subculture, in my opinion. All the mods need to kind of get along. If they don't get along, then something does need to be addressed. And that can be taking the people who have disagreements aside you know, if you are the person in the disagreement, taking yourself aside with the other person, um, with a mediator, preferably, and talking things over and actually getting to the root of what the issue is, why it's an issue. Um, but ultimately, I think, as sad as it is, if you genuinely think there is someone in your team that just that isn't going to interact with the team properly or isn't going to, you know, get along, then something does need to happen to remove that and you know that that is a sad reality but it's one that has to happen and if you are the person in this conflict then you need to do something about it don't just let it fester you need to either personally introspect and be like okay why do i dislike this person why do they dislike me um and think about it take yourself out of the situation and try to be more objective about it or seek somebody higher up you know like talk vertically and ask what to do because again if you're close to a situation it's really hard to see it for what it is it's really hard to be objective because everything is subjective to you at that point and you do sometimes need to take yourself out of that situation and ask for somebody to step in and that's not bad i think every admin on earth would much rather you say this is a problem than to say nothing and then realize it's a problem you know a few months down the line when there's an argument going on in the mod chat because it was never properly addressed earlier. Well, actually, I, I'm kind of curious, maybe uh, actually, and, and directing this at, at Tyler, um, you know, I think part of the thing that you've said and, and that really comes through is that, right, like it, Geeks is very much sort of a family and, and the moderators are, are very close and tight. I guess, you know, how would you feel about a moderator who is very competent at moderating, does all of the right things, makes all of the right calls, but just doesn't really have any interest in maybe the social element or even like hanging out with the other moderators. Is, is that a requirement? It, do you feel like it should be a requirement? Um, well, no, because you don't have to be best friends with another mod. Um, you're in a way co co-workers, you know, acquaintances, but you don't have to be best friends. Um, so they don't have to speak, you know, to the other mods. They don't have to hang out with the other mods. Not all the mods hang out, actually. We're, we're good friends, but we just don't. You know, some people like this kind of game. Some people like that kind of music. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we have little clicks, I guess. But we're all, in a way, connected. So, I mean, if a mod doesn't want to, you know, like, I don't want to hang out with you. That's a that's 100% okay. Long as they're interacting with the community as the whole. They don't have to, you know, one-on-one -on -one with a mod or, like, go to an event that a, if a mod would host one. They don't have to do that. Right. You're not requiring that they, you know, attend like baby showers and weddings and stuff like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Panley, any other thoughts on that? 
Um, I think closeness is important, uh, not just between moderators, but between your entire community. If your community and your moderator team are on the same page, then you're probably going to have a perfectly moderated community within reason. Um, but that means your team needs to be on the same page as well. Um, you know, it all starts at home, I guess you could say, you know, you need to have everybody within your mod team kind of compliant, kind of together, all agreeing on the same things within reason for the community at large to kind of agree on the same things. Um, and I think that does leak through as well. If there are internal issues in the mod team that leaks through, um, people like to talk, people like drama. That's just a human thing. If there's drama in the mod team, that's going to get out, and it's not very fun to deal with when that does happen. Drama in the mod team? I've never heard of any community that has drama in the mod team. What are you talking about? Oh, Talon. <laughs> oh, Talon. <laughs> you know no mod team is perfect, but that's why we have these conversations. That's why communication is so important. That's why you have podcasts about moderation to <laughs> help make things a bit better. Yes, speaking of plugs, I think we are getting to that uh, to, to the end of this episode. And so um, I think before we wrap up, um, anything that you would like to plug, Panley? Uh, yeah, guys, check out the Modcast podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> this is very meta. Actually, do you know what I will say? Check out Gay Geeks. Aww. Keep it as awesome. <laughs> and for what it seems like, the community there is awesome. So go check them out. Be nice to them. Tell the mods they're doing a good job. Cupid, anything to plug? My Twitter, I guess. And it's just Cupid the Prince. Well, this brings this episode to a close. I would like to thank, we would like to thank, truly we, actually all of us here, uh, would like to thank you for listening to the third episode of the Mod Pod. Um, as always, you can find us on modcast.network. You can find us at twitter.com slash modcastpod, at twitch.tv slash modcast underscore podcast, and discord.gg slash modpod. Good night and good luck. The Modcast podcast is staffed entirely by moderators across various platforms. Our hosts are myself, Kyrie, and Sean. Panley directs. This episode was produced by Angel and edited by Brandon. Joe is our engineering lead. Social and design lead is Dan Humphreys. Our social media managers are Drew and Delight, and Ahmed and Ash helped write content for this episode. <laughs>